Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or visit amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free and catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Okay, guys, who's all about comfortable shoes that look as good as they feel? You need to check out York Athletics MFG. They're stylish sneakers that were designed by athletes like Allie Raisman. Use my code REDCARPET at checkout for 20% off and free shipping on a pair of sneakers. That's YorkAthleticsMFG.com using the code REDCARPET at checkout for 20% off and free shipping. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Red Carpet Rendezvous Podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Conlon, and I don't know about you guys, but I could really use a vacation right now. It's getting to be that time of year where um, I normally would take a trip to Miami or or somewhere warm just for a weekend, just to like shake it off and and rejuvenate a little bit. But um, yeah, thanks, COVID. I'm really looking forward to that vaccine. So anyway, for those of you guys that know me, you know that I am not political at all. I am very apolitical. However, the QAnon phenomenon fascinates me. And um, my guest for today is extremely interesting. He is a documentarian and a host, Brian Junum, and he has spent the last year investigating QAnon and now has a three-part docuseries on Vice TV called QAnon, The Search for Q. So that's available now. And he has a crazy, crazy story. He was raised in Israel. And um, at age 14, Bayan's bus stop was attacked by a suicide bomber. And that just sort of pushed him into this um, role to pursue uh, and and just address these these divides that we have um, in the world. So he's super interesting. And um, I just couldn't wait to just pick his brain on the QAnon phenomenon. Because like I said, I just have been fascinated by Pizzagate and James Elephantis and and these names, which a lot of you guys probably don't know because you're normal people um, and you don't really think twice about this stuff. But I am also crazy. And again, I find it interesting. So um, after this quick break, I'm going to play you my interview with Brian Junum. If you're anything like me and your mind is constantly racing, then you need to try Caliber CBD packets. I take one packet and I mix it with water before bed and I sleep so much better and I wake up completely fine, not groggy at all. Caliber CBD is perfectly measured in packets and it's no mess and it's so powerful. Visit trycaliper.com and use my code RED20 for 20% off CBD packets plus free shipping on your first order. That's trycaliper.com and use the code RED20 for 20% off and free shipping. So you have an incredibly interesting upbringing. Can you tell me just about when you were 14 and you witnessed a suicide bomber? And I'm sorry, that's probably very uh, traumatizing for you, but but I did want to ask you about that. Sure. Um, yeah, so I grew up in Israel. Uh, I lived in a small town called Haifa. It's one of the most northern cities. Um, and I would say that, you know, in Israel, we experience suicide bombings. I think it's similar 
compared to how Americans experienced uh, mass shooting events. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes, you know, a lot of times it feels like something that you hear about or you read about. And yeah. then before you know yeah. it, it can hit a lot closer to home than you expect. So, you know, on that day, um, I guess from my perspective, you know, I remember we didn't have school that day. Um, and we were skateboarding and me and my friends were big skateboarders at the time. And, you know, uh, how do we put this? Um, someone had dressed up, uh, as a soldier in the army, um, to get on the bus and we weren't too far. We were kind of right down the hill when we heard this, you know, really loud bang and we saw kind of all the cars line up. And by the time I had arrived there, you know, the damage had clearly been done and shop windows were uh blown out but yeah the thing that I remember about that to be honest is like Mm -hmm. certainly there were images that stood out to me that will stay with me forever but the next day I went back to school and I I was lucky enough to go to international school where there was over 30 countries uh kind of represented by the student body and our teacher pulled me aside our ancient history teacher and she said you know don't forget that one man's terrorist is another man's freedom fighter. And that really instilled in me kind of a more empathetic understanding of radicalization Mm -hmm. and how that works, you know, is that um, even those who sometimes you feel are the least deserving of compassion um, need it the most. And, and so, you know, for me, I think it's not, it's not disconnected to what were the things that drew me to start talking about and exploring QAnon um, because in the Middle East, we had seen this kind of radicalization take hold of mainly people in their youth, you know, 18 to 25 year old young men who would kind of have these um, kind of beliefs or disenfranchisement weaponized uh, Mm -hmm. in one form or another. And so, yeah, I always kind of draw back to that experience of saying that, like, you know, even in Israel, there is this idea that there's something deeper to understand in these moments uh, where we're all kind of trying to figure out, like, how do we come together as neighbors before anything else? I get that. And it's it's interesting that you say what you said about just having almost empathy for that person or compassion for them. I don't know the exact term that you use, but it hit home because I always find myself kind of feeling like that. But then I think about, well, if I had a family member involved that might've, you know, been on that bus or been on that plane, I think I would feel differently. So I think it's, I don't know, I think it's all about perspective, but as far as QAnon goes, um, this three-part series, it's, incredible. And um, I have always had a fascination with QAnon and I, I proudly brand myself as apolitical. (laughs) So that's why I, you know, I can, I feel like I can talk freely about this because there have been certain things that I'm like, wait, I feel like when you start saying terms like adrenochrome that you start to lose people because you sort of get deep. Then when you start digging into James Elephantis and the pizza place and Pizzagate, that's when I, you draw me in, you know what I'm saying? So what, of course, this, this incident for you sort of led you down this, this pathway, but um, when did you decide to, to investigate QAnon? Um, You know, a lot earlier than I think the documentary portrays. Uh, For me, you know, a big part of my 
career and my job as a filmmaker is looking at kind of trends online. And before, you know, in this, I was working at a company called Soul Pancake, where I would constantly be on boards like Reddit, you know, and even 4chan, trying to just see like what was populating on kind of the internet's id or like the underbelly of the internet. Um, and that would be a good place to draw inspiration from. And I think, you know, when um, QAnon had come out in late 2017 and by early 2018, uh, my co-host Marley and I were already talking about QAnon and who might be behind it. And I guess that, you know, the same thing, what really drew me to make the documentary was as time went by, I noticed that the way that the story was being covered was always through an intermediary, right? It was always like Anderson Cooper telling me what Anons believe or it was, and I felt like there wasn't anything that just talked directly to Anons without it being kind of like, outrageous completely outrageous like unrealistically outrageous right right well did you ever hear uh did you ever hear ben swan talk about it yes you did certainly. so he actually he actually broke it down nicely for me i don't know if you recall but he he was one that i was like okay he, I feel like he's sort of in the middle there yeah and there were there were a few folks i think that were able to again talk about it but i think for me yeah. as a filmmaker and a documentary filmmaker it wasn't necessarily about what i think QAnon is yeah. or like explaining it in that sense but rather like really with the desire of going and like meeting people who believe in it and letting them speak for themselves which is like an, a very hard and I found controversial thing to do. Yeah I know because it's like if you let someone say something that maybe you don't believe in but you're putting it out there all of a sudden you get accused of maybe <laughs> pushing that agenda. I mean I think like, sure, like I think there's partially that question about like the platforming of beliefs, but I think it's yeah. also like, you know, getting ourselves out of these bubbles that we're in, you know, and just understanding that the conversations that we were having on that show are real conversations that people are having. And until yeah. we can see it, you know, and understand it, we cannot confront it as a country. And so like, I, I felt like all of the moderated conversations we were having via, you know, newscasters or people ex yeah. explaining it to us wasn't actually helping us move the conversation forward. Right, right. Now, so just back to the Pizzagate thing and back to only because I'm interested in this. Um, something else that really gets me in, and I actually follow this hashtag and I'm really not proud of it, but I do. Um, it's Clinton body count, that hashtag. And I'm sure you're obviously familiar with it and you're familiar with the nine people that, you know, worked the Clintons or had ties to the Clintons that are dead. What are your thoughts on, on that? And what, what do you think that this coincidence is here? What do you, where do you think it came from? I think one of the, things that's really challenging right now is understanding like suggestibility versus facts, right? And we have this kind of culture that likes to take a lot of coincidences and turn them into things that, and present them as facts. And so mm -hmm. I don't, the thing for me is that I don't claim to really know, you know, what the truth of the matter is behind these, but I do see but you've researched a lot. You found sure. a lot of stuff. But, yeah. Yeah. But who, you know, I don't know the Clintons, you know, right. I don't know the people in question here. 
and mm-hmm. and their families and certainly like I've researched it met like many people and looked yeah, into it and say, hey that looks odd but I think we need to take a moment before we're going on saying hey this is something that's true right yeah. versus something that seems or feels like it might be true and yeah. that's where you start to get into this interesting aspect of what QAnon I think does so well which is play to our prejudices right like there you might not even understand what's happening or that you know recognize that as human beings we all have biases that can be um, exploited for various reasons you know I think GameStop just as a very current example was another example of kind of like exploiting um, you know people's disenfranchisement or lack of trust in a in a system but i think like to that point about you know hillary clinton what do i think is more likely to be true is yes. the question that people should consider and i think it's more likely that it's you know again there's a string of coincidences that happen over someone's 30 years as a public servant you know as someone who like gave so much of their life and career towards trying to make a better america and we can mm-hmm nitpick and microscope these odd you know things that that feel odd but I think you know where where it comes down to for me is like taking a look at the totality of somebody's work you know the totality of their career and not trying to like like that I like how you put that I like how you put put it like sorry um kind of looking at her career you know over the span of 30 years like things happen coincidence coincidences happen sure um I think that that is more believable, right, than what they're saying about um, the adrenochrome drinking. And for people that are listening that don't know, that's when you like boil a child's blood. I'm so sorry. I have kids myself. So, I, you know, I'm whatever, probably okay to say it, but you boil a kid's blood and you drink it and it makes you younger. And um, QAnon believes that, that Hillary Clinton does that with Uma Abedin and they, and they wear the faces of young girls, whatever. I mean, that is so far-fetched. Yeah. And I mean, maybe your listeners remember like the satanic panic of the Mm eighties, right? Where this is not the first time that there's kind of been the idea out there that there is this elite cabal, you know, of people who are doing these satanic rituals. And again, I mean, I think like QAnon in a way is designed to create people create fixation and investment on these theories right Right. like the the whole premise of doing your own research and coming to the conclusions that are kind of being suggested or guided is this new form of radicalization is an active form or a gamified form that allows people to become invested in the theories by doing the research, right? By investing the most valuable resource we all have that you cannot buy, which is time, (laughs) into coming up with or buying into these these ideas. And I think that's, again, for me, like as a filmmaker, more important uh, coming out of this learning now um, how something like radicalization can be gamified. Right. Um, and and yeah. uh, we're at, you know, the way that the communications work, we are all active participants in that as opposed to, you know, what could we recognize as kind of conspiratorial thinking yes. forward. You yes. just kind of consume the content. You don't like have a back and forth with it. It's just so interesting to read about. And I like the inauguration, for example, I mean, QAnon people were going crazy over Tom Hanks 
and Lady Gaga and John Legend. Like they, I know somebody who told me like their brother's really big on QAnon and he had to take a day off work because he was mentally exhausted from like, and again, because this is an entertainment podcast, but I'm going deep into the QAnon stuff for people that don't know. Um, QAnon believes that John Legend and Tom Hanks, they're all pedophiles. Um, and you know, I, I've gone through a rabbit hole and I have a really hard time believing Tom Hanks is a pedophile. <laughs> You know, yeah, I mean, the other the other thing, which I wouldn't put it past, you know, members of the Biden team to have yeah. maybe done like the most epic troll ever was he also <laughs> signed 17 executive orders that day, which yeah. was to many Q followers like a breadcrumb that he, you know, QAnon is still in collaboration with Biden. And because yeah. 17 uh, Q is the 17th letter of the alphabet. So, you know, I think what yeah. and what's what's uh interesting and, and maybe like you know you can relate with this as well with people mm -hmm. you've seen where all of a sudden kind of this augmented reality or a filtered reality starts to take over right where the number 17 or like pizza or hot dogs or pandas become confirmation of kind of the most of the worst things you could think about somebody of like mm -hmm. the darkest impulses that yeah like they certainly have a psychological and emotional effect if somebody's sitting with those thoughts all day every day of course and wait just back up i know the panda that's that's the eye for the, the kids whatever um everybody yeah. look up panda what's the hot dog i don't remember um hot dog is yeah. a um symbol for little boys or a code word for young boys oh got it is, yeah so these are like yeah. you know kind of like the the codes or the the puzzles. Oh, I, I didn't know the codes. I just yeah. totally forgot about the hot dog, but yes. <laughs> and, and that like, you know, Q has been able to fixate, you know, an audience around saying like, hey, look over here where there's this kind of symbology. Now apply that to every time you see, you know, you can just imagine how suddenly you infer things where they might not exist. Right. And, that's, and I, very, that's dangerous. <laughs> I can't imagine for you after filming this and talking to all these people every day, you must have been like, oh my gosh, I need a drink or something stronger. I don't know. <laughs> I would be like, I can't even listen to all this. You people, like, this is what, this is literally what goes through your head every day and you have to live like this. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, on some level, it's most of the conversations we had were hours long, you know? And so like, they're all boiled down to five, seven minutes long of like, here's yeah. where we get down to the core of what it's about. And I'll be honest, like I, throughout all of it, you know, mm -hmm. I still in my heart believe that every single person wants to find some level of unity, mm -hmm. um, you know, That's still nice. believes in the idea of, you know, what America could be and represent for the world. Now, mm -hmm. certainly there's a, you know, wide chasm of disagreements about how we get there. Um, right. But I guess like, I just, at the end of it, like I don't buy into the us versus them of it all. You know, I don't really, sure. I don't support that kind of thinking. I'm just like more about, you know, um, when you just sit down and you actually talk to folks, like mm -hmm. there's a lot of beliefs out there that uh, are shocking. Yeah. And I always bring up, I'm yeah. like, you know, I know a lot of Christians too, who think that there's going to be a, a handful of horsemen who like come from the sky, like, <laughs> but these are acceptable things to us. And, and yeah. so I'm like, you know, yeah. magical thinking and evidence seekers, they got to find a way to meet in the middle and, you know, talk about 
issues before they become so bad that things like the insurrection happen. Yeah, yeah. Now, uh, you, you've spoken to Robert David Steele, correct? Yes. Yes. So he's an, he's an ex-CIA agent, am I right? And he really, I have heard him talk and I'm like, wow, that is actually compelling because he appears to be like the anti-QAnon. He's very um, educated. Sorry, I I don't want to offend anybody who really is into it, but you know, he's educated. He, you know, he's had a, a lifelong career. And so when you spoke to him, I mean, did you did you feel any more um, belief in, in anything he was saying? Because he's really into the Pizzagate thing. Like he's he full on believes that. Did you did he kind of make you change your mind at all if you didn't believe it or, or not at all? It's an interesting question. I think <laughs> for, for me, because we had already been through a lot, you know, yeah. and talked to a lot of people. Uh, I had already been so familiar with the basis of where he was coming from that mm-hmm. I was more curious to find out, like, as a CIA agent, like, how are, if if all of this was true, like, how are you able to just, like, come out and write, publish some articles about it? Um, right? There was something like, that seemed, I don't know. There was something that was odd to me about yeah. that. But I think, again, on a broader level, um, yeah, I think that we, for a long time, kind of like, as a culture, we did away with the idea that there could be actual intelligence community members behind this, you know, people who had yeah. formerly been in the military, formerly in the CIA. Um, and these are the people who, in the, you know, especially amongst the followers, give it a lot more credibility than mm-hmm. I think most people understand or like are, are looking at. And so that's where I think, again, like it goes from being this clandestine troll in a basement kind of guy starting this thing to saying, no, this is an operation, right? These are people more who have the the experience and the knowledge of the methodology to, you know, do run a psychological operation on people. And I think that this was an extension of that. It certainly felt to me yes. like an extension. But did of that. you think any differently? You personally, were you like, oh, that makes sense? Or were you like, all right? Personally, I, after a while, like that dude came in and just dropped like the greatest hits of conspiracy theories, like I one know. after another. You know, Dang, like he's really compelling though. Like, no, no, um, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, he was very, like, I think the, one of the things that for me was hard to get over was there was so much anger, you know, Uh, there was so much, like, it kind of really came Mm -hmm. from the top, you know, as this, you know, someone who was very angry with us for some reason, or like, angry about all these things, and I was really trying to get to the bottom of that, because we did talk about Pizzagate a little bit more, and he referred to people who, were not actually involved, but ended up having serious trauma because of the trolls and like the harassment they experienced as just being collateral damage, right? right. Like it's just mm-hmm. part of what, you know, this type of war, and to me, again, there's a callousness to that. There's a, a heartlessness that's hard for me to hop on board with. Um, and sure. so I think from like, you know, coming out the gates being like, hey, like, by the way, Sandy Hook, was totally fake and those kids showed up at the Super yeah. Bowl later that year. I mean, that's absurd. That's absolutely absurd. <laughs> yeah. That and, that's where you're like, come on. Yeah. 
And so like, you're kind of like with a lot of folks in that episode, you're just like, well, I'm, I kind of come from the mindset of like, I want to give people benefit of the doubt, right? Like I'm not coming out here to like, um, to dunk on people, you know, or yeah. to like yeah. just have a tit for tat or win an argument. I'm right. really just curious about like what led them to, to think and believe the things that they believe and under, you know, hear it from them, not through right. some other intermediary. Um, and, and that's really, that's, that's really lovely. It's really lovely of you. And it's really, it speaks volumes, I think, because you're not trying to do what the daily show did. You're not trying to do, um, you're not trying to be Borat, right? Like you're not doing that, which again, it's, it's really admirable, even though I'm obviously not speaking for everyone, but yeah, this stuff is ridiculous. And, um, yeah, sorry, I'm getting no problem, Lee. We got this. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I think, it's but I think with the subject matter, the subject matter from the beginning is like so outrageous. Yes. Right. Yes. Just like Borat, all of those things that to me, like what nobody was doing, which seemed like the biggest opportunity was just being like, yes. wait, what is this? Like, really, who believes this? Like the most Nobody basic- Nobody really part. knows. Yeah, they don't really know what it is. So lastly, last thing, Lee, I, we have to wrap this up. I just want you to, um, and you've, you've done a perfect job explaining this, but just, you know, in one or two sentences, why do you want people to see this? I want people to see this so that they can have the tools to have a conversation with somebody in their life that they might have lost touch with over the last few years. Um, I want them to see the conversation is possible. Um, I want to see the way in which, especially in episode one, we did that uh, mm -hmm. through a former, you know, friend, sorry, not former, but a current friend of mine. Um, <laughs> and yeah, and I think just to understand what this actually is from the people who believe it, you know. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Perfect. Well, this is incredibly fascinating. I'm excited for people to watch this just so they can see it um, with fresh eyes and see that you're not actually making fun of these people. You just want to know, you want, you want more knowledge about this. So thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. Thank you. It was a wonderful Yeah, comment. of course. It was nice to meet you. Okay, everyone. So that was by Junum, and you can now watch the three-part docuseries QAnon, The Search for Q on Vice TV. And I suggest that everybody watch it just as um, another form of entertainment because it is entertaining. It's crazy. It's wacky. And um, people believe this stuff is real. So anyway, if you guys like this podcast, don't forget to rate and subscribe on Apple. Until next time. save on auto insurance for driving safe with USAA SafePilot, you'll feel like a big deal. Even in a traffic jam. Save up to 30% with USAA SafePilot. Restrictions apply.